And the reason why he kidnapped me is because I look like the drug lord's son from another gang. So he thought if I kidnap him, oh my God. I can up on rank. And this is going to be great. All right. Hello and welcome to Long Story Short, a collection of side hustles, cool jobs, and interesting hobbies from your coffee shop regulars. My name is Eric Bush. I am the host of this podcast and the owner and head roaster for Long Story Coffee, where we are shooting this episode here today. I'm joined by Paul Fernandez. Hey, yo. What's one, going on? One of our big coffee shop regulars here, I think from the uh, very beginning. I saw I, I've, I've been trying to represent <laughs> ever since you moved into the building. Yeah. So so uh, Paul is a, Paul is a very, very interesting character. I'm going to use character <laughs> as a term to describe him. But when he came in, instantly made friends with him over here. And as we got to know each other and get to know about what Paul does with his life and how our paths have intertwined Dude, so closely, but lot. never directly yeah. for so long, it was real interesting. I so. feel like our connection happened when we saw each other at the St. Louis City soccer game. And you said, <laughs> Pastor Paul. Yeah. That was that was a classic moment for me. I was like, yeah. Eric, oh yeah, it was the shock, and then my my wife like, who? So that was a yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. It was classic. on her face, but (laughs) but yeah. So I know Paul does some church service locally around here. I know our, I think our our background in beer was a big Mm -hmm. crossing path, right? Oh yeah, craft beer world, but just uh, so yeah. So we got coffee, beer, and soccer. Yeah, and church. Oh, church. Yeah, four things. Yeah. Wow. We're destined to be best friends. I know we are. But to start off, kind of like going back in it, I know currently you're you're you have your own service. Yeah. So I'm a church planter. So what that means is I started a church from the ground up. And so I joined in with a network called Acts 29, did some training during COVID. So this all kind of happened during COVID time where the world shut down and I was fundraising. So I'm asking people on Facebook, Instagram, having FaceTime meetings and raise money. We launched a church right after COVID was over and we're right outside the YMCA downtown Belleville. So we have services every Sunday at 9am. Yeah. So, okay. So now let's, let's back up a little bit. Though. I know okay. there's a lot in there. You're there's like, a lot in there. You, you were very quickly of like, yeah, we, we fundraised and started a church and bam, here we are. Boom. Did you like growing up or you, did you always have a strong background in, in the church? I did not. So I grew up a military brat. And I was born in Yokota, Japan, and I grew up on Marvel Comics and Final Fantasy VII. Final and Fan- so, oh, man. don't so get me. I I'm just, all about. Just got the remake for Christmas. Did you? So. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. I'm like Listen, a year I'll and a half late. I'll but... just, no, I'll hang out with you while you play it. I okay. mean, I love the cutscenes. I'm the I'm the guy that I have a Nintendo Switch because my daughters I have three girls. Yeah. And so I thought it'd be very selfish for me to get PlayStation for myself. So I decided not to do it. So that, like, so I'm pulling Zelda instead of Final Fantasy. Yeah. It's it's kind of you know, yeah, it's, it's you, working for me. Maybe when you guys get older, we can get the PlayStation. Maybe we can get the PlayStation Five. <laughs> anyway, so so with that with that whole Final Fantasy Marvel comics, I grew up wanting to be a superhero. To be honest, mm-hmm. so I want to be a firefighter, paramedic. Something like that. And I thought, naturally, maybe I'll just go into the Air Force like my dad did, and I'll just kind of hit that world. And, man, it wasn't until my senior year of high school where religion or Christianity really hit me. So there's a long story in that. But So I didn't always grow up with it, but... It was more of like, hey, this kind of hit me, and it felt like this was like a natural call in my life. Was it kind of like... 
did you grow up in like were you guys a church family at all like were uh, you guys going regularly I, so or? if my mom watches this want to be very nice <laughs> we went to church for christmas and easter yeah that was the thing my dad was deployed a lot so for our military community here like i mean you're i mean when you're deployed you're dad or mom is gone for like a year oh. or six months and little breaks. So, so it was usually when my dad was deployed and my mom was having a really hard time. And so that was the time we went to church. And I, I think I was, I was more pessimistic about it when I was younger. Cause yeah. I remember telling my mom like, Hey, like, you know, he's, you know, this God is just imaginary, right? Like, why are you even talking to him? You know, and well, I remember, when you're younger, you're just getting like dragged in. You're, you're like, getting dragged in. my like, weekend. What are you doing? Why are you right? taking my weekend from me? <laughs> so that was my exposure growing up, but it didn't, it didn't hit me until my, my senior year of high school. So, okay. yeah. And then when did you get to that? You said you were in Japan, like, yeah, yeah. So my dad, on. my dad was based in Yokota, Japan. And so we were there like 1987 to, I would say, to the 90s. So we yeah. moved here in the 90s, Scott Air Force Base. Okay. And I I remember coming to America, coming to America, um, <laughs> when there was, it was all snow across the field at Scott Air Force Base. And I remember seeing a red fox and I remember thinking, America's cool. Look at those, look <laughs> yeah, at those red foxes, man. I didn't see a red fox in Japan, man. So what, were you like elementary age? Yeah, little. Time? I was very little, dude. Very little. And I thought it was like the coolest thing that we'd be on airplanes and, you know, oh, and yeah. I grew up on base. And so Scott Air Space was like awesome because it was like its own little village. And shout out to Burger King, which I do not eat at Burger King, <laughs> but they had free Fry Fridays. Every Friday. So I would ride my bike all the way across the base just to get my free fries. I love America. Let's go. Yeah, I was like, America's the best. Get fries everywhere? Fries every Friday? (laughs) This is great. So so then coming out of high school, you said, is where, you know, you kind of started to connect on your end. What what denomination? Was it like? Yeah, was it even bro. just that in general, or was it just a finding? So it's a little bit of a dramatic story. So I'm going to try to make it nice and sweet for you. So I was really into video games. Like I said, uh, Halo was really in. Parents were very much on to me for all the partying I was doing. I was the guy that had like Maxim magazines in my room <laughs> and all the liquor bottles. Okay. And so my brother at the time was a UFC fighter. And so he fought for the UFC. And so there's a little level of popularity that was there. So access to like alcohol parties were very like easy and accessible. Older brother. Yeah. Older brother, 10 years older than. Oh, yeah. So very, very much easy access. So my parents were on to me because I didn't come home the night before Thanksgiving. And I came home for Thanksgiving and my dad asked for the keys to my car. And I was like, but this is my car. Yeah. You mean he's like, you do not pay the bills. And so I was this arrogant little punk. And me and him end up getting into a nice little tussle, wrestle match. Tussle fight, tussle fight, fight, wrestle match, tussle. (laughs) And so that was like a breaking point for me because it was like a, I don't know if you've ever had like a, you know, family drama or someone that's really close, but it like hit home. I mean, my dad's like, in my eyes, when we talk about like being a superhero, all that, like I just felt like I just broke my, my, hero's dream like we got in this you became the villain and i became the villain in my own story and i'm like what is happening and so i was very angry and i hit my dad beside the head with a liquor bottle and he fell to the ground and i looked up and my mom had a cross right above my room and i was like god if you're real where are you at right now Mm -hmm. and 
my um, I'll try to make this non-churchy as possible, but I felt like honey came from heaven and I felt very peaceful in the moment where I was really angry and I felt peaceful and I just got up and I walked out the door and I ran away. I went to my best friend's house. Yeah. Everyone knew where my best friend's house was. And then I ended up going to church in Shiloh to a non-denominational church. And the love and the care that I got from that church family changed me. Mm-hmm. I say that because everyone that I was around liked me because of my brother or the popularity that was associated with that. Yeah. So I played high school sports. There was that being an athlete. And then my brother being an athlete, there was this like, what you can get out of me, but like, there's no church people hanging out and cage fights. No, no, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't know about my brother. Yeah. And so that was like, uh, like I, I felt love from this community where I was at my most vulnerable moment and they didn't even like care to like, you know, well, oh, you don't do all these things. They just lovingly embraced me. And so that was like my, my gateway drug, so to speak, to, yeah. to Christianity it was like, these people are loving me so radically. So, so that started what? Late, that was late 2004. Okay. 2004 is when that happened. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You were, you were. I was about... 17 years old. Yeah, man. You're young. You're young. Yeah, I was a young little, lunged little whippersnapper. Wow. And what was crazy at the time is because I was really struggling with what I wanted to do in life because I wasn't doing good in school. Mm-hmm. Like I had like a 1.7 GPA, which is really bad. D average, everybody. I was <laughs> not. I was not turning in homework and assignments. I didn't know what my future was going to hold for me. And everyone like had this idea of like when. I get out of college, I'm going to be X. And so I just did not have that. So it was, yeah, it was an interesting time in my life. That's for sure. That's a crazy origin story. I'm going to call it an origin story. Yeah, we can call it an origin story. We can stick with that. That's cool. Oh, man. We're going to keep with the superhero theme. Let's keep it up. So, okay. So, you know, that that became, I guess, a, a factor in your life at that point. Where, you know, once you got out of high school, what did, what kind of career path did you move into? I mean, yeah, I, dude. I know that your, your thing right now, you said was more recent in mm-hmm. the last three to four years. So, yep. you know, what, what did you get yeah. into right out of school? So right out of high school, I was, the natural thing to do in this town is you go to SWIC. I think this is the wisest thing to do. I mean, if you got money, you go to SIUE because you want to feel good about yourself by going to university. But if you're yeah. smart, you go to SWIC and you knock out those gen eds. So yeah. I was in my, <laughs> I was going to be a fire. I was, I think it was fire science. Signed up for fire science, had ENTP class and a couple other classes at SWIC. So you started kind of going back in. The- I did. I did. So I was ready. Like, even though I became a Christian in 2005, I still was like, this is, this is the path. I think I want to be a firefighter, yeah. you know? And I worked at TJ Fridays locally mm. and I just, Worked at UPS as well. So that's another side gig because my brother also had his sponsorships with him fighting was UPS. And so, yes, sponsors the UFC. No, not a UFC, (laughs) not the UFC. So my my brother Cage fought. He didn't just fight for the UFC. There's like other sects of like industries that also was trying to get on that world. So the UFCs think of it like that organization that actually got to the top. So when you think like, think like wwe it's not just yeah there's, a a bunch of other there's, a, there's other wrestling federations right yeah and so there's other ki- kickboxing like cage fighting where like 
man, I'm going to date myself. Gecko, Ducati, UPS. There's a couple of their industries that will like invest. Like Red Bull's really big on like investing into like all types of things. Like, See, but that one I can understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but like, yeah, man. In fighting, it's just like UPS is like, we deliver. Like, we're going to deliver this fight <laughs> to you. I don't even know if they still even do that. So, but I just remember like there's this huge connection with my brother because he was making his transition from cage fighting to to being in the industry because he had a family so it was yeah. like there's only so much you can do when you're fighting like that's a limited that's a limited career path yeah, to go kinda, for you can kind of see your trajectory early on of like am i going to be at the top or is this going to be like you're 35 and you old <laughs> this you is my hobby I mean? and i enjoy doing it until i can't just like Messi, he's like 35 36 you yeah know I mean? he's, he's ready for retirement you know yeah so i was into those two gigs so i had school and those two gigs, saving up money, processing life. And then I ended up talking to someone at a coffee shop and they told me about this internship called YWAM, Youth of the Mission. And so long story short, it is training organization that sends young people to the nations to bring love and hospitable, hospitable, can't talk, <laughs> hospitality to those around the nations. And so I learned about Jesus in Denver, Colorado, snowboarded, told people about Jesus. It was really fun, got trained up. And then they sent us to Mexico and they sent us to Brazil. And yeah, Brazil is a crazy story, but I'm going to stop right there. So that's, that's, that's where I started going. So I did my side hustles and then I heard about this internship and that I jumped into this internship. And so I let it all go. Yeah. And so I'll let you know this again. So I reconciled with my father. I, I reconciled with my family kind of. But once I quit UPS, yeah, that was the family orientation of what the heck are you doing with your life? Because UPS at the time, I mean, we're talking $14 an hour. They don't do this now. It's like $10 an hour now. People yep. are getting paid. It was $14 an hour back in the day. It was 401k and then within your stocks. Are so you, you a like, carrier? A mail I would, no, I was the, I was the guy that was in the forklift loading the trailer. So the LTL, the big tractor trailer. So I was that guy. So I didn't have that. I wanted to, I, wear, I wanted to wear those good brown shorts. You know what I mean? I little there was shorts. Like the glamorous yeah. lifestyle of like walking around delivering people's mail. I always thought there was a little bit of like, you, you like, like it seems so nice to just it be out in, the, nice. out in the world, out in, you know. That's that's what I was aiming for at UPS at the time. I was yeah. like, I just want to deliver. Like, this would be great. I can just enjoy the weather and yeah. drive around and have fun. Meet people. Like this, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So when I quit, it was uh it was devastating for those that were around me. Cause it was it didn't make sense. Cause it was, hey, like, what are you gonna do with your life? I'm like, I don't know, but like I really love Jesus and I wanna spend time learning more about him. So yeah. I cut out serving tables and I cut out, I cut school and then I cut UPS just to go to this internship. So, so you, you cut serving, but I do know that it came back around. Yeah. So actually you know. I only cut serving for six months for yeah. that internship. Really? So I went to Brazil. I went to the Amazon in Brazil, Porto Value, And then I went to Rio and had a couple, I know you're going to make me stop on this. I had a couple near death experiences and then, and then when I got back, just then I a couple. Serving. That's it. Yeah, just, just a couple. Just, I mean, that's not bad. I mean, you know, that's normal. People just have a couple of those, but okay, I mean, okay. So yeah, let's rewind this near death experiences. Like, so what's what is is a couple two? I have two, two, two good stories. Do you two have more stories. than this, more than that? No, uh, no. I think we're good on this one. I think <laughs> okay. we'll end it after. Are this. we are we allowed to talk about these? Uh, are, we, are we good? Well, to... Let me think about it. <laughs> Yes, I can yeah. talk about this. So I was in Rio de Janeiro, mm -hmm. and in Rio there are there are ghettos they call favelas, 
and in favelas, basically the gangs own the favelas. Like you don't just go in and claim territory, like the gangs own it. So you have young kids from like 10 to 30 holding AK-47, selling drugs, that kind of thing. And so we were helping with a music program and then like a building relief program. So I am not musically talented at all. And so I'd sub to help with the building relief program. So the higher you up on the mountain, the more poor it is. There's lack of resources. I'm talking like toilet paper, like toothpaste like like people are living in huts like yeah, you, just you, you, in these houses in the middle of the city just trying to get water and they're food just, to yeah, survive so we found a house we adopted a house and we helped rebuild a roof as we were rebuilding a roof there's the team decided hey we're going to break for lunch and i didn't want to break for lunch because i was like dude like we're almost done yeah like let's not, just, let's, let's just knock this out of yeah. shit so one guy stayed back with me and i we knew how to get back so they left and we're tinking away and then we decided to take a break and we're looking at Rio, man. It's just like, looks beautiful. It's amazing. And all of a sudden I turn around and there's a guy pointing a gun at my face and he starts oh. yelling at me in Portuguese and we're talking back and forth. I know a little like, hi, hello, where's the bathroom, did, coffee. Did he know anything on his end? Of he did not know of- any English at all. So we're just going back and forth and he takes me to his house and he waits and that was the longest. I don't know how long that was. Maybe could have been ten minutes. Yeah. I don't know. It felt forever. And one of the leaders came, and a missionary. One of the missionaries came, and they grabbed this guy and they start beating him up. And oh they God. release me. And the reason why he kidnapped me is because I look like the drug lord's son from another gang. So he thought if I kidnap him, oh my God. I can up on rank. And this is going to be great. Yeah. Or or maybe get some ransom or, uh, and like, yeah. like I can be set up a little bit nicer for this my is family. You like, thought I was his ticket to like, yeah, pay raise. So it wasn't, you, no, no thought went in his mind of like, this guy doesn't even speak the local language. Nope. Like, he <laughs> thought you look, you look Brazilian, you're it, I'm taking you. And so the, this gang actually respected the missionaries big time. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a story that the drug lord of that gang got shot in the shoulder Missionaries prayed for him. The bullet came out and the wound was healed within 24 hours. So they like respect the missionaries. They don't touch the missionaries. They'll they'll give them a little protection. They give them protection. So they beat up this dude like bad. And we're like, how did like, I don't know, on your end, are you sitting there like watching this of like, like, hey, like I I didn't want, I don't want to be kidnapped and and held hostage, but I also don't want you doing this to like this man. Like, or were you just like, get me out of here? No, I get me out of here. And I am scared for my life. I thought I was going to die. Like I thought for sure game over, this is done. It's over because like, you're confused because no one's speaking, no one's speaking my language. Yeah, I'm not speaking the language. I'm not sure what's going on. And so I'm scared. So when I see the missionaries, yeah, I'm like, yeah, like, oh my gosh, yes. Jesus is real. Thank yes. you. Yeah, you're like, hey, I know you're. But I felt bad for the guy because, like, they didn't even let us stay. They grabbed us and told us to go away. And so yeah. they kept beating up the guy. And I'm hearing this guy scream for his life. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I have no idea if he's still alive today, what's going on. And so that's that's story one in one week. Yeah. Story two. So I'm going to blaze through this for you. Was this, how close were these stories together? Three days apart. This is crazy, bro. This is why I do what I do. Oh my god! So, because okay. this is because so you're three days later. You're so probably three days later. Still just getting down from that high. I'm like, oh my gosh, I almost died. Yeah. I'm on a mission trip. This is awesome. I survived. This is great. Yeah. We all are at the beach in Rio, having a great time. I get caught by an undertow. An undertow is a strong current, but it's pushing me towards the ocean instead of to the beach. So I get caught. That's when like the the there's the top going out, but like the bottom's Boom. real strong, just very suction, strong, basically like, suctioning. So I'm 
paddle, like paddling and enjoying the waves. And when I get pushed down, that undertow, that suction pushes me towards the ocean and I can feel the strong current. Yeah. So I'm trying to push up. And then when I get up, you've been in the ocean, right? Yeah. So those waves feel like someone's slapping you in the face. So it just slaps, slap like oh, yeah. five times. So finally I give up. I get tired. I'm, I'm putting all my energy out and I started sinking and I don't know what happened. I'm screaming for help in the water. It's like a little mermaid movie, mm-hmm. bubbles all around, something touches my butt. And then I get to the top of the ocean where I'm able to breathe and a surfer saves my life. He grabs me. He sees that I'm struggling, grabs me, pulls me on his board and then takes me all the way to the beach. Takes me to the beach. I'm throwing up. I'm did, vomiting. Did this guy speak English? This guy did not. No, he did. He, said, he said, grab the board, bro. That's all he had. <laughs> grab the board, bro. And that's all he had. And then you're like, that's me. all I need. <laughs> and then he grabbed me the water. Well, he thinks I'm crazy because we jumped in the water because we didn't know we were going to go to the beach. Yeah. We just happened to walk around okay. and so a bunch of dudes just took off our clothes and we we're just in our boxers man so he thinks i'm crazy oh my gosh, yeah he thinks i'm just you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, he thinks i'm some drunk guy like this great you know? american that yeah, just, dude, almost went skinny dipping into this so <laughs> embarrassing so i'm thinking my life has almost ended twice so i'm on the beach throwing up and i'm like god i will literally do whatever you tell me to do yeah. it seems like my life is literally falling apart i don't get it i'm on this christian mission trip what's going on and i just feel this strong call to get into ministry and i fought it for a while but pushing through i ended up like coming back and i ended up going to bible school I ended up coming back to my hometown to be a youth pastor. And so I ended up in that reluctantly because mm-hmm. I felt like my life was on the line. I felt like the Lord saved me and I was supposed to do this. And then I kind of fell into it. So this yeah. wasn't like a, mm, I always dream of one day being a pastor. And so when I was a youth pastor, this is when our our paths start to cross a little bit. Yeah. Because I'm at, I'm at Faith Family Church. Okay. You come to Faith Family Church. I did whenever I was in, yeah, late high school, like early college years. Yeah. And so wait, how old are you? Me, I'm 31. Okay. And so I'm a, little, I'm a little older than you. 36? Wow. You got all that wisdom. I just couldn't tell. No, you know just, what I mean? It's the gray from, from yeah. owning and running a coffee shop, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes its hold on you. Yeah, it does. But so you were when when this brazil trip mm, was mm-hmm. like what early 20 yeah 20 yeah i would say 20 2007 2007, 2007 okay. was this and then after that i went straight to a bible school in tulsa oklahoma mm-hmm. and then that's where i met my wife i started serving tables again but i worked for tj fridays and then cheesecake factory yeah and then i started guest speaking a lot and traveling for youth groups and college groups and then that's when i came back to my hometown they were like hey like there's this guy named curtis gilbert he's the youth pastor at the oh, time yeah, i know awesome curtis gilbert yeah and he asked me if i can you know be his like assistant yeah. and that's how i kind of got into the church world a little bit more so i'm guest speaking and then i got my home church asking me, hey, would you be willing to serve and help out? I was like, sure. Which is, of course, why you were in here with Jose Abanderas the other day, which yes. is another face. I was like, I know who this guy another is. Another face. <laughs> I know. And dude, I didn't know you did gymnastics. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, tell me about this. Talk to me about this. This is your. they know they, you being in I, I don't think so. I don't know if that came okay, up. Okay. Come on. Okay. Come on. Let's I mean, talk about it a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So, I mean, whenever I was, when I was in high school, I did, I started to learn tumbling at our local gymnastics gym and joined cheerleading. Nice. Uh, I had good intentions, okay? I know 
basically what I was since Jose is my friend I have it in a whole different light he went from football to cheerleading I went from track and field to cheerleading because I was not fast I was I was not a fast boy I love track but I was like what did you what did they push you in I was in eight eight hundred and sixteen hundred and yeah but so I was looking for something else to do, and at the time, male cheerleading was pretty new. I mean, yep. like, you'd get them here and there, but, like, they were needed. A lot of people were looking for them. So I, I had some of the friends on the cheerleading team reach out to me, and they're like, hey, like, we can teach you how to do backflips, and you can get a pretty easy scholarship. Like, if you are just Dude, half competent, you have well, you have just decent... train you to be a ninja. Yeah, and so I went in, and I started I started doing cheerleading late in high school and loved it continued to do it actually into early college i went to umsel and okay. did cheerleading at UMSL UMSL. as well yeah wow. but then started coaching gymnastics like i needed i needed a way to pay for it because i came from a lower income family yeah and gymnastics lessons and tumbling lessons are expensive, expensive. yeah i don't know if you got you got are your kids in them no so <laughs> i only know because my brother not my my brother in Christ, Jose, has yeah. been doing it for decades. And I figured, dude, people have to be paying mad money yeah. for this because he's he's still in it. Like yes. he still coaches. He still does the deal. And I'm thinking, dang. But I see it. I've I have a friend that I work out with as well that I'm just seeing the world. I'm trying to avoid it as as much as I can. But I got my oldest daughter. She will literally try to do flips and stuff it, like that in the living room. And she's watching YouTube right now. The power of YouTube yeah. is changing everything right now. So I don't want this to be an ad for this sport, but like I will say gymnastics a phenomenal. Like for teaching your kid balance, structure, hand eye coordination, all of that. Life. Like yeah, it's, pretty, it's good. Pretty much teach life. I mean, it even teaches you to just stand in a line and wait for your turn. Like things that kids, like young kids just need in life, right? Like, <laughs> I mean. Bro, I saw that. This is so struggle, right? Society tangent. I saw a video because my coming from Japan, I'm really, uh, I really like Japanese culture. I like yeah. anime. I have on my Instagram, it was people in Japan and people in America. And people in Japan waited in line to go up the stairs from the subway yeah and it was like they're all in order and they're all like going up and then america was just like all jumbled and everyone's trying to like pushing everyone over i'm like oh yeah yeah waiting in line is such a good asset for our nation and what we can do but no so i started coaching gymnastics coach did they they, so they gave you a scholarship during school they did so i went to i went to umsel with a cheerleading scholarship so i guess yeah let's let's keep the the story shorter on that end but, but yeah so then i did that and i coached gymnastics for seven years which is where i reconnected with my wife who we went to high school together but she found me very annoying in high school but luckily by the mm. time we by the time we were grown adults and both coaching gymnastics uh, i was a lot more tolerable so i i i would not be married to my wife if i knew her in high school yeah it'd be game over like yeah, yeah it'd it be same, game same deal it'd be game over like, for me she, she would have like you'd be like no uh. I was I was way too immature for all that stuff. So. Yeah. So but so back around you were you're at yep. Faith Family Church. Yep. Faith Family um, Church youth pastor. And then I I know you were. This is still a little bit ahead of me because like that five year age gap. Yeah. Because you were, you were on one side of it, I was on the other. When my my curious question: When did you start getting into craft beer? Yeah. Because that is a, that's I think that's how me and you realized that we 
first like had a connection for sure was my friend jeremy barnes yes yes yeah. shout out to jeremy yeah awesome yeah big lovable bear boy but, oh, i love um, that dude his presence just brings you joy yeah you know what i mean yeah. he just like hangs out but whenever i knew what you were kind of doing in your background yeah brother and then knowing jeremy and i was like how like he was like oh you know paul i, I love paul and i was like yeah. and he's like oh he's he's a bartender over at global brew and i was like no no <laughs> So, yeah, and then I remember we talked about that. So when when did you really get into wow. the craft beer world? Yeah, so coffee was my big introduction. So you can't go to Mexico and Brazil and not fall in love with coffee. It's mm -hmm. like one of those, like, come on, dude. Like It's one of their top commodities. It's one of their top commodities. Like, Brazilian coffee, like, was amazing for, for me because of, like, they already kind of had that sugar cane in there in their brewing process. I don't know what they did, but it was a little sweeter on that sweeter end. Yeah. So it was a little bit more palatable for those newer like coffee drinkers. So I was able to get in that game. And then I, I think I just started drinking more coffee and then like, like specialty coffee started coming in. Up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I heard a rumor about like, stout season and like <laughs> what is coffee that? and stouts coming together and i was like and i had a couple buddies and they're like dude have you had this i'm like oh like no like let, let me try it out like whatever and i think i was like shoot 22 three maybe mm -hmm. i don't know so i'm late in the game you know in the in the whole drinking world but then like it was amazing but like that's early for a lot of the craft beer drinkers. That is that is early. That and, age and, and I don't know when the pinnacle started for craft beer where it was like it started becoming this really popular thing. Yeah. When but, it went from like hipster to mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I remember everyone's like, You drink IPAs, you're such a hipster. I'm like, Oh, that's hipster. Like I just I just love the mm -hmm. sour taste of like what's happening. So I got in through coffee through that. Okay. And then I started exploring more because the more coffee that I explored with the different regions from like South America, Africa, you name it. Yeah. From even the Western end of like the Eastern end of like Asia, like I started tasting the different flavors, but then the same moved over into the craft beer world. And so I started tasting more, had buddies that were in that world as well. And then becoming a bartender was a game changer. So I know for a lot of people, <laughs> they're thinking, well, youth pastor that became a bartender, what's yeah. happening? Is he falling back? What's happening? Yeah. And so for all my people that are freaking out here that are Christian, that are like, you're against what we're for, was, this is a little bit morbid, but my my brother ended up dying six years ago, a dramatic death, and it messed me up mm -hmm. big time. So being in that Christian world of like being a youth pastor, loving on people, caring for people, like there was that still that superhero theme that was kind of being fed into me yeah where it was like i was able to help all, all these people like this is great you know what i mean it was yeah. kind of filling my tank but then when my brother died i thought but i didn't help my brother like i could have i could have helped my brother a little bit more so that maybe he could still be alive now today yeah. and it it broke me is it that that thought of like a lot of the times in the church, you're you're seeing people that are actively looking for help and not those that might need it unheard. Oh, and, yes. And when you're serving on the other side of things, some of those people, I mean, I know because we both did bartending on ours. Yes. And the amount of people, I mean, beer is on the bartending side of things. It's a lot stronger. Yes. Coffee side, we still see it here, too, some. But like that just need someone to talk to and open up need someone to talk to and open up and that was the key for me that was the gateway for me because of my brother's death i thought how can i be around people like my brother and engage in and 
and being present with people. Mm -hmm. And so I made it my aim was to be present with more people like my brother. Cause, cause when you're in church culture, like, especially when you start working in church culture, like that's your world. And I was like, no, like I need to be around people that are hurting. Mm -hmm. And so I purposely put myself in a position to be a bartender, to be around people that were hurting. Cause I knew not to say that everyone, that not everyone's that hurting, yeah, not everyone's but, hurting, but, but, but you're, you're going to catch, but you're, you're going to catch, catch you're going to catch people that are in that world that, that maybe are struggling because like uh, not everyone that drinks beer is like their life is falling apart. Actually, their life are, the life's pretty awesome, <laughs> but like you don't like that conversation piece when you're bartending is on a whole different level than anything actually I've ever actually ever been a part People of. open up to a complete stranger. Oh. You will. Oh, dude, I slide you a beer. Dude, we're talking about death, life, and politics, everything. in Politics, religion, everything, everything, everything in between. And I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. And like, what do you like? I'm thinking, at least for the Christian world, like there's this stigma of because people abuse alcohol so much that it should be avoided when really, if we're talking about loving people with the love of Jesus and caring and being present, I see no better place to be in than to serve beer to people in our community. Because if you want to know your community, you need to be present in your community. And so who's present in your community? Those that come to the bar, hang out, and that's it, man. And so that was kind of like my segue of like, okay, my brother's death. How do I be present with people? Who, who are like him, who are, who, who are just living everyday life. And yeah. then at the same time, my coffee passion for craft beer came into play. And then I met Jay Coons and then yeah, he Jay started, Coons. he managed, he still manages Global Brew. And then, yeah, got into that game and then met Jeremy because Jeremy was selling to yep, Global. He was a Schlafly uh, uh, sales rep. And then you were, but you were at, uh, were you at Schlafly or I, Forehands? I started at Forehands back okay. in the day and then worked my way through Great Eagle Distributors. Okay. And then into Schlafly. Nice. Which was my most recent nice. one. But, Are you able to say uh, out of our craft beer world in St. Louis, okay. who 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 do you like the most this season? This oh, this season. Because you know what changes, it right? Does, it it does. changes like with different flavors and different profiles. Like Okay. I'm gonna have to be a local boy and say that my two favorites right now, Mill Pond, yes, uh, Brian over there, yes, is doing just because I I shied away from IPAs for a bit, but now I'm back back to him, and he makes you back to the dark side, my friend. He makes some real good hazy, yes, juicy, he does fruity IPAs. That and then like Shoehorn, just our local down the road, okay, bar. Yes. Um, they, I've yet to be there. Oh, you got to stop in. I got to stop in. Yeah. Man. So, but okay. then I do, I will always have a love. Luckily, I left Schlafly on very good terms, worked with amazing people there, and I will always be a pale boy for life. Okay. My Schlafly pale ale. I like the pale ale. I, nice. I nice. want to be sitting at a soccer match drinking a English pale ale. That's like. Let's go, bro. Yeah. It doesn't get, <laughs> I don't think it, it's a more soccer culture than that. Oh, I know. It's I like, know. that's it. So that is it. Okay. what now? What about what, what's your? So I am a sucker for IPA. So anything juicy, hazy IPA is my deal. So I, I will shout out Mill Pond on this. They do an excellent job. Four hands. Of course. And then I'm going to go kind of, I don't know if they're indie or not, but I do like Side Project a lot. I mean, so, there's always love for side projects. There's always like, love for side projects. So that's a that's a no and that's like kind of niche. You know? It's like, like a uh, uh, you know. if you want to admit that they're as good as they are, okay, yeah, they are. I mean, I I <laughs> listen, I've I've only stayed in line for a few things. <laughs> An iPhone? 
uh-huh. and a beer from it's <laughs> guilty guilty 100 percent guilty my wife and i stayed in line for five hours for an iphone like back in the day like tulsa oklahoma she's like it better be worth it i'm like oh it is and please tell me it was six hours for a beer and it was six <laughs> hours for some for some coffee stout from side project yeah. bro i was like what am i doing with my life man oh my god oh man and i you know what i think is great is is that they if if they ever listen to this they know that in that line they had all walks of life all walks of they life had man pastors waiting they had life. pastors <laughs> waiting in line for that beer baby <laughs> we love beer too oh know? man so when did you when did you start over at global brew then yeah so i started a global brew i think i started in covid so when so when covid hit right before covid hit i was in the process of making this transition like career wise like i thought mm. hey i think my youth pastor thing is ending finding another guy to kind of fill in for me, do the deal, had another guy ready in the pocket to do that. I was training him to already do that. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm about to be a firefighter finally. Like oh, I get to do you this. You're going back. Yeah, to that. I was, I was going to go back to that. So shout out to, to Justin, fire chief in, in Belleville. And so I thought I was going to do that. So I text him and then I contacted a few friends that were involved at global that showed up for trivia okay, and they were like, Oh, I think you can get a job here. And so I didn't really, I never bartended, but I served tables. Yeah. And so, but Jake just had my, saw my personality is like, you don't know anything. That's fine. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Just take it. Just take it as you come, you talking, know, and talking to the customers, talking to the part. customers is half the battle. And, and <sighs> I feel like I'm going to say something okay. rude. I want to be nice. So when it comes to the service industry, I think what, what is lacking in the service industry in large is that personal connection and that 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 just hospitable like hey what's up so i think we're i think when it comes to serving tables or like bartending or whatever i think sometimes we're so quick to like turn tables yeah. than the next person or our our drive for people is like we're just sick of people by the end of the day that sometimes you catch people in the industry that look really angry you know and so i think it was different for me cuz my capacity for people like i get like i'm getting energy off this yeah. i'm getting like pumped and most people are like, okay, I can only take so much of people. So mm-hmm. when I get around people, my energy gets higher. And so I think like that really proved well for the game of like, of like restaurant industry, bartending. Yeah. So that really upped my game where I was the weakest at global. Like everyone had beer knowledge off the wazoo. All I knew was IBAs and like coffee stouts. Yeah. Like there's a whole game. There's like a whole nother world out there. You know what but I mean? You were, you were like, if they got questions, you go to this guy if you want to chat you want to chat talk to me <laughs> and i did it enough that i got it like yeah. i ended up getting it after covid because covid was slow enough because you know the world shut down but beer did not no beer did not shut down no, people came know, out you know why because when you work from home your boss doesn't know that you're cracking a beer at noon <laughs> yep let's go <laughs> man. Throw the skype on mute for a second yep. no i mean th- <laughs> I, i'm not going to name names there have been plenty of people that work remote that were chilling at the bar oh, and they had yeah. their headphones and their headset on and they were just doing their thing yep. man. and i was like oh. yeah the world did, did not shut down the on that end, world so. did not shut down so so yeah so i got in during uh covid time and that was a good side hustle slash let's figure it out and then ended up the fire chief ended up telling me, Hey, I think you should reconsider this whole church thing because I I feel like you have a call. And then even my pastor leaving say family was like, Hey, you like, you're, you're gifted. You should consider this. And so I ended up considering church planting and prayerfully considering that. And so during COVID I worked 
part-time at Global, and then I fundraised for the yeah. church. And so when I wasn't at Global, hitting people up on Facebook, Instagram, FaceTiming them, telling them, hey, we're planting a church, man. I want to love on people in the community and care for them well. And yeah. So when, so. It, when it comes, I mean, you're over at the YMCA, right? Yep. So do you just go to the front desk and say, hey, man, I just, can I do a church here? Like, how does that, how does that work? How do you approach yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. and you're just so, nowhere, like, <laughs> I kind of got a, I got a smooth way in because I was already involved in the community through youth pass, the youth pass rank. So I was already on the board at the YMCA. Okay. And so there was a couple directors that wanted me to come in to kind of be involved with their youth program. Cause I was involved in a youth group for a long time. I mean, I was a youth pastor for like eight years. Yeah. So they're like, Hey, we want to really reach the youth here. Do you mind being present? Hey, do you mind being on the board? And then then I stayed on the board because there's a CrossFit crew, shout out to the CrossFit crew at the YMCA, <laughs> that they wanted to like keep it going. So yeah. I was the main advocate because I'll let you know right now, like the Y loves us, but like no one really likes CrossFit unless you're in CrossFit because like we're slamming weights, we're grunting. We It's a whole culture. Yeah. Like we talk about beer culture, CrossFit culture is on a whole, like it's a, it's a planet. Why do you think they have their own separate gyms? Right? Yeah, like, yeah, they have their own separate gyms for a reason, you know? And so you're feeling the tension. So me as a board member, I'm able to say, hey, you know, we're bringing in new people, things like that. Yeah. And so I asked them, I said, hey, I'm, I'm starting a church. I would love to have it here. What do you think? And they're like, oh, absolutely. And so... I talked to the director, we worked some things out and we worked out a contract and then I was able to pay the contract because we fundraised, mm -hmm. and, but we bought like tons of equipment. Like we got I mean, like- How much does it cost to like- Bro. To, to, is there what sta stage, sound system? Camera? Yeah, so we raised $250,000. And so that was for two years of projection of how much it would cost for rent, equipment and resources. And it's gone? It's not gone. Oh, actually, <laughs> actually, is it more expensive we, than you we are finishing. We're finishing that fundraising of yeah. what we did. We are finishing it in the next two, three days. Like we, I fundraised for the next two years. I will say congratulations. Dude, we did it, bro. I think, I, I think that is monumental. I don't think anyone's ever on budget. Come on, ever. dude. We, and so I, I will say this, I, mean, about, I, I, would, I will say this about our church because we don't have a building now. So we are a year ahead of where we want to be because we don't have a building and like, cause like for you, you have a building, you have, you have things that break down, you have to pay all that. I'm just renting mm -hmm. and then people are coming in, which is great. I mean, we got like, I don't know, we started with 30. I think there's like, we're counting kids here. Yeah. So we got like, I don't know, 110. See, that was my next question of like yeah. how many. Easter like, was crazy. Yeah. People came out for Easter. It was I'm like, I was like a hundred and, oh, sorry, not for Easter, I for like, Christmas. Did they come out for Easter too? They came out, no, they they did come out for Easter. It was crazy for Easter, but Christmas this week, yeah, it was like 147 wow. or something like that. Okay, I'm yeah. like thinking of the YMCA. Were, were you in the basketball gym? Yeah. Like, so so we, cram we them in? Just so like, what we do is we bought all the equipment and I have this big, large trailer and this big old truck that I have no business driving. Okay. okay? Yeah. So I, I just, it doesn't match like i'm this like mixed kid driving like a 2018 toyota tundra <laughs> off-road trd you know and then i got this big tractor i make think it's this big trailer that i have no business driving and i had to figure out how to like learn how to back it down an alley i, I had a couple oh, guys man. that knew how to do it but yeah. like when i give them a day off uh, from like, volunteering this is, this is me so it takes <laughs> dude, bro. it took me it took me it took me an hour 
to back down the alley with that tra- yeah. with that trailer because like when you're backing in the trailer it's like completely opposite you're living off of your mirrors man. yeah and it's and you can wiggle in back you're wiggling back and forth so i'm like <laughs> any country boy would be like bro what is wrong with you just do it like this you know but i don't know i'm a little suburbia little black kid i don't know you're, you're like uh, okay pull it pull it forward to straighten it out a little bit okay and now we're gonna go three feet more back nope nope perfect again all right and so you have like an Austin Powers moment down. There I did. Really well. bro, bro. We talk about you talk about <laughs> prayer. Prayer works when you're backing in the trailer, baby. Tell me. Let me tell you about yeah. it. Yeah. So we unload all of our equipment at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then we have a team unloads it and then they set it up. And so we're setting up in the gymnasium. We do the whole deal. Chairs, all that good stuff. Then we have the kids and then we set up our kids program and then our front area. And then, yeah, church services starts at nine and then we we get it going. And then from nine to 1030, we wrap it up and then we tear it all down again and so the teardown team does the deal uh, yeah and then we put it all back in the deal do they let you keep your truck parked in the alley wow uh, yeah yes okay while while we yeah i don't take it out i yeah, keep it in the alley they don't make you do it no 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 shout out to andrew healy because he's the one that tows it majority of the time now yeah. he's loving on me really well so this sunday i'm by myself though so okay. we'll, we'll see how early i show up prayers right prayers baby <laughs> prayers so you do that and then of course back to our soccer Oh, you are, you are a chaplain. Is that what it is? I am. Yes. Okay. I am one of the team of chaplains for the St. Louis city soccer team. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'm part of the, I'm part of the academy team, which is huge, by the way, there's lots of clubs within our academy team, mm-hmm. but shout out to St. Louis city because the, the turnout this year for soccer has been the culture in this area has flipped up side down. Oh, it's I been know. amazing. I love it because it's- growing up, you talk about not running real well or yeah. whatever. Like I never really played football that well or basketball that well. And I just wasn't that kind of guy. And I really like soccer, but I didn't do as well in soccer because of a potty mouth in high school. Oh, I was really yeah. rude in high school. And so I got, so I ended up doing a little just offshoot. So like my love for soccer was like intramural kind of thing. And then boom, here comes the soccer stadium. And then I get a phone call. Someone calls me and says, hey, are you Paul Fernandez? And I said, yeah. And <laughs> who's asking? Who's asking? What's up? <laughs> and I was involved because of my youth ministry career. Yeah. I was involved with the FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes around the area. Mm-hmm. And so I was one of their main speakers for like their guys events and things like that. And they were like, man, you really know this whole sports and athletics and like people thing. Like, could you help us do a deal where we're just going to love on the team and just be pastoral care for the team if they need it because a lot of those guys are like they're not from the area you so yeah sign, I mean, right? and they bro we got people from south africa from europe from from asia so like from africa asia to europe from all over and yeah. you got americans that that are in the deal yeah. but like so what's so cool about this club is like and i think this is all soccer like mls in general and like european but there's like this farming system where it's like you have the lowest club which is like a like, like there's like a futures program for like the young kids. Mm-hmm. And then there's like academy level that goes all the way up to college level. And then from college level, there's like this precipice of like crossing over to St. Louis city too, and yeah. then to pro. And so I was in that precipice of like that academy crossing over to two kind okay. of realm. And so, yeah, so we just got the love on the team with uh, the other chaplains. So, so yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a fun time this year. What? coming from my you know lack of knowledge what is a chaplain yes. exactly because that's a word i mean i've i recognize it 
but maybe don't know what that definition no, is. None of the kids do. No one knows what that even means anymore. Okay. So I feel like my job title changes like every time I show up. And so it's kind of like, who are you? I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm the, you know, I can't say counselor mm-hmm. unless you're certified. So we're, we're working on some certifications there. And then I said, what did I say? I performance coach one time. Okay. Because you can't say... You can't say, man, I can't remember the name's not coming to me now. Cause, cause really when you're a chaplain, the goal is to love and care on these guys because they, there's more than soccer. Yeah. And I want to be a safe place for them because when you're at the stadium, it's your job. It's your job to train. It's your job to perform. Everything you do is based on performance. So everyone thinks like their job is high level pressure. I don't think there's anything like being a professional athlete where how you train, how your attitude is, how you on off the field, on the field, like everything's being scrutinized. Yeah. And then how you perform. Your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And how you're and how you're viewed when you perform when thousands of twenty eight thousand people are looking at you. Yeah. So I am that safe place for people when they want to talk, chat, whether they're Christian or non Christian, where they can vent, we can talk, we can chat. I've been there for players that have lost loved ones. And I've been there for players that are just struggling where they're injured and they feel like their career is on the line and they feel like, I don't know what I'm going to do. They're going to kick me off or, and I'm able to like help them walk through that, help them mentally get back to a spot that's going to be wholesome for them. So it was more of that. That's why I say performance coach more than anything else. Cause it was more of like, how do you mentally get your mindset where it needs to be? Because physically they know how to like do what they need to do Mm. mental the mental part of their their job and all of our jobs is really key of like how do we think about yeah. when stress and pressure hit because you're going to get stress and pressure no matter what job you're in so how do we keep the right motive the right mindset there's going to be no perfect culture no perfect pay so it's like okay how do i put my heart and my mind where it needs to be and what are my goals so i'm kind of helping set goals measurables like what do you really want out of life because some of these academy kids they just have been playing soccer since they were 12 and they're just trying to get a scholarship yeah and then some are like trying to go pro and so I am trying to help them figure it out because I'm I'm getting questions like where should I go to school? <laughs> I'm like, oh, me? you want me? me? You want me? You want me? <laughs> the guy that actually did not go to college, you want to ask me? And so, well, there's a great local college named Swick. Swick I recommend for two years. S I U E. But yeah, some of these guys like some of these guys are going to go to Richmond to go to college. Some of these guys are going to go to S I U E to go to college now. Overseas to go play for some teams over exactly. Exactly. And so it's just helping them process that and like think through, okay, what is the most logical route? And then what what are you feeling in your heart? Like what risk are you willing to take? And so I'm helping them to process that. So I don't know how you want to label that, yeah. but I'm kind of like that safeguard. Let's think about the future. Let's set some goals. Let's move forward. So uh, think of it like care also like in a hospital. If someone's like in the hospital and their loved ones haven't visited them, I would go visit someone in the hospital, which I do that now as a pastor as well. Mm-hmm. I'll visit someone in the hospital. I'll be present. I'll just be there in their traumatic moments. Yeah. So that superhero theme comes back again because I'm feeding into that, hey, I want to be there for people when they're struggling. Yeah. And so being a pastor isn't so much of like, hey, let's go preach and say whatever we need to say on a Sunday. It's like, how do we love people well and care for them? Yeah. So No, and I, pre- I think that's why we connect a lot, you know, even yeah, with, dude. with me not having a strong church background on my end, just yeah. like I, I've always had a lot of appreciation for mm. you, Paul, and appreciate that, dude. You know, I love it. So, so here we're at, we're at now. We're you know, YMCA, your your chaplain. 
You got back from another Brazil trip? Yes. How many near-death experiences? Uh, no, none. Nice. None near-death nice. experience. We had a wonderful team. Actually, I was used to taking teenagers on trips. Mm -hmm. This was all adults, so completely different. And we went to Brazil, and we actually hit up some areas in the Amazon. Can't talk about where for safety reasons, but we were able to just do some work out there and love on some people out there. So it was really cool. So here, here's my question on that one, too. Yeah. How do you, how do you figure out where to go? Like, um, like, do you just like look at a map and yeah. you're just like pointing your like there, like, Damn. all right, where's the closest airport? Is there a road? All right, let's, let's man. Like, I, I did not, I did not do that well on this one. Then, so really, it's just uh, so as a church. And we're thinking, okay, our heart is we want to love on people locally and globally. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? So locally, you know, we're involved with the YMCA. We're involved with our local schools. We're involved with you. Yeah. We're, we're just, we're trying to be present in our community. So then local, globally, I know someone who worked for FCA actually, and he ended up becoming part of a group of people that ended up going overseas. And so he got me this connection to Brazil. Okay. And so this connected me with some people in Brazil that did some work in Brazil and there were some partners down there and I just kind of got a connection. So it was like, I know a friend that knows a friend Yeah. and they were like, Hey, and I've been to Brazil multiple times. So after, after, after that near death experience, I really, I wanted to have more near death experience because <laughs> I think I've been to Brazil like seven times now. Oh my God. Like, so I've been okay. to Rio, Sao Paulo, Porto Velho. Like I've been all over. And so I've also been like, I've been to Thailand, Haiti. So I've been all over when it comes yeah. to like these trips, but like Brazil has a, has, has my heart. One, mm -hmm. I'm Portuguese. So my dad's Cape Verdean Portuguese. So I have this Portuguese heart. So Portuguese speaking nations. And then this connection was like, it seemed like it, it looked like good work because Brazil is really well off. Like when you think of Brazil, like it's not like a third world country. Like they, Brazilians are awesome. Like yeah. they do great things. But when it comes to like going more West to like the more jungle area, like there isn't many resources. There isn't that much help. And so I felt like that was a really good place to be. And it's it's deep into the jungle. So I'm not like, it. I did not choose that really well in light of like, it's really easy to get to because it takes me 30 hours to get to where I need wow. to go. So from flying to landing to driving, it takes me about 30 hours to get to my location. So it's and, crazy. And how much of that is flight? Oh, ooh, a lot of it's flight. It I would say... So I think there's only seven hours of driving that I had to do and the rest is all flying and layovers and things like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, Brazil, Brazil's on the map and we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're excited to love and care on people in Brazil. So, and then are you guys, you're working, are you trying to work towards your own, own space at this point? Like where, yes. is, what's, what's the future of Paul Fernandez? And so first off. First off, let's yeah. let's give a shout out. What is the the name of oh, the your, name of the church is Living of, Hope. So Living you Hope. can go to sharelivinghope.com, check it out. You can Living Hope IL on Instagram and yeah, we're and we'll be sure to shout out everything too yeah. at the end, but shout uh, out all the things. Like I don't even think we named We did we did not name. <laughs> Oops. My uh, my people in marketing is probably like, "Paul, say the name." She's listening to this. Say the name. Say got a sheet of paper oh and gosh. tallying how many times you mention them and Listen. she's like, "And we're at an hour in one." I just <laughs> Go. I, I literally, my yeah. personality is I just go. Just, if it involves loving on people and having conversations like yeah. this, that's all I. Like, yeah. That's so, all I do. I have other people around me. So, so living so, hope. We're, what's so the, living hope. We're in downtown Belleville at the YMCA, and the hope is that 
one day the Lord would provide us a building that we're able to have an open space cafe. Mm-hmm. So I'd almost like to be a global He's brew. He's trying to put us out of business. Is what, no. <laughs> I would like to be a global brew okay. of coffee. Mm-hmm. If I can feature, like, long story coffee, if yeah. I can feature coffees that I like, then Love. I also want to, like, make it where it's just off uh, office space for people just to be at. Yeah where they can have their meetings or they can just chill and be. And then the church can have an area for their worship and for their kids. Yeah. And so that would be the the beauty. I don't know what that looks like, but what I want is I want the church building to be open throughout the week for the community. I don't want it to just be a church building for church people. Yeah. I want it to be open for the community to be involved in and have their meetings. And cause like when, when I'm here with you, like we're even watching people set up tables right now, like yeah. families are going to gather, like people are going to gather. Like I want to be a space where people can gather and I'm not going to put you out of business because we're going <laughs> to feature your coffee. Okay. Yeah. There we go. We're going to feature your coffee, baby. And oh. so, so yeah, that's that's the heart is that if we can have a training center that can send people to the nations to love and care for people in the name of Jesus, and then if locally, if I can be present for those that are in need, those that need help, they know they can come to Living Hope. But also, it's a place where people would chill and drink good coffee throughout the week. Yeah. So that's cool. a that's a thought process. You're going to have a nice long bar. I'm going to need your advice on this. Like, I, so whenever like this we're comes build up. Bar because like. Like I said, it just like at a beer bar, coffee bar is the same way, man. We Dude, we right. like to sit down and we have long conversations. How I meet most of these people that are going to be coming on this podcast is just find out interesting lives that people live. And you have some interesting people that come bar. in here, man. So I'm so I'm so honored to be present in this podcast. <laughs> you're in the early. You're in the early stages. You might have to have come back. What is this episode five? Four. Four? Let's go, <laughs> man. Yeah. So so you yeah, your your goal is to have a future space. Do you have any yep. trips trips planned? I do. Uh, we are gonna keep going back to Brazil. And so we talked a little bit about can we talk about this now or What's not that? talk about this? Oh, now? we can talk about this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't I'm, yeah, I, I, know, I, I, know, I like how how we were making eye contact and I caught on exactly what you're asking me on this one. But yeah, so, you were so we're gonna go, we're gonna keep going to Brazil and mm-hmm. you approach me about something yeah we we made a connection with a a local brazilian coffee producer so jr silva reached out to me he he runs he runs some coffee producing for his father and his for his community over in brazil okay i think it's mata de minas is the way that it's pronounced but that's the region that they're from area they're from but he's trying to help his dad increase the quality of the coffee that they're producing he said his dad was doing a lot of commodity grade coughing like throughout his entire life for sure barely scraping by enough to even cover the cost of his farm Mm. but like it was a passion of his along with a lot of people the community and they would just shove all the coffee together sell it commodity grade to you know turn into gas station or you know cheap cheap coffee and and he's really helping them build build it now he's showing them new farming processes he's helping them get better equipment oh. he's teaching them how to you know pluck only the ripest cherries and how to properly care for the trees and we're gonna take a trip together i, I think we I need know. to take a trip together. i do now. i know i know i think this is- get the film crew over here yeah. and we'll just go no. oh come on so, um we're, we're getting some coffee from them lately and i approached you about if you were looking for any fundraising opportunities yeah because i was saying that we could probably do a uh, private label coffee for you yeah. to help you guys raise funds especially when i was like 
hearing about your Brazil trips that you you know just got back from, and apparently your love for I, I didn't know it went this deep. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of love. Yeah. So yeah. So we're hoping that we can have a coffee out, you know, in the works. I don't know how long it'll it'll be till it's ready, but for Paul to be able to use for Living Hope to raise some some funds on his end. But yeah, man. So you know, future trips, fundraising. Yeah, so we're we're planning on going on more trips, and what we're hoping is that through this coffee that we can help resource people that are under resourced in the Amazon, and so that's the heart, that's the goal behind that. And so as we partner with you guys and do that, that's I mean, honestly, this is like a dream come true. I yeah. feel like I'm living the dream right now. I'm like, I'm like coffee, Somebody the coffee, blushing. the coffee yeah. world, and like the <laughs> church world, and like the beer world. They're yeah. all coming together right now, and it's like it's like well, it's really cool that we can use whatever our gifts and talents are to help people and like that's what's so cool to me is like when we're at this coffee shop and we think about all the resources that are made available with all these people like mm-hmm. like this is so beautiful like we can come together as a community regardless of race age demographic and then we can like help people yeah that makes me excited i get i get stoked about that oh yeah and that's one of the things i really love about it too is you know just finding ways to help out in the community in different ways which is telling people's stories is cool like yeah. Just, you know how many cool people we got in this community? Bro, we got a lot of cool people here, man. We got a lot sure of you cool know people. a lot too from uh, your days. You, you know. I, I, I've i met a few people, you know? Yeah. A few people out yeah. there. So but. so cool. Very, very cool future of, of Paul and, and mm. Living Hope is yeah. beyond and, you know, looking back of the crazy stories. Yeah, so, was that so Uh-oh. looking at those stories again too? Yes. Only that one time in Brazil that you had the two. Have you had any other uh, any other man. crazy traveling I, stories that you want to throw in? Nothing on that level. No, nothing. I mean, there's like you almost miss a flight, but you had to like interject and talk to people getting on a flight. I I had one funny moment, sad moment, funny moment where we were flying to Thailand, but we were in the air for so long. By the time we landed, one of my youth students threw up on someone in front of them and they lost it because they spent i don't know how many hours we've been on the plane yeah and all of a sudden this girl goes and just projects and it was like trying to trying to negotiate who he just barely knows english i'm trying to say we're sorry you know this yeah. young little girl she's never been in a plane longer than an hour yeah you know what i mean she was in there for like 15 hours you know what i mean like just doing her thing and poor little girl it was so stuff like that that's like the worst that you can think of yeah but like those experiences were very pivotal for me that i can remember off my head because there's nothing been so traumatic and eye-opening and i think that's what kind of brings me back to the whole why are you a pastor thing is because my life was so traumatic in that moment Mm -hmm. it was like that pivotal shift in life it was just like if i don't do this like something bad is gonna happen to me so i just need to i just need to go ahead on this And, and it's been wonderful i mean you know I'm sure I would have been great as a firefighter, but I love that I get to love and care on people in the community. And yeah, I, I love what I get to do. I never would have dreamed of being a pastor, but it's cool to see people get loved and cared for. Okay. And it's good to be with people in their really high peak moments. And so, yeah. yeah. What is on the opposite end of things, mm. you know, your day to day, what's, what's your least oh, favorite man. thing though? Like and, what, about it, what you do, like emails, you know, everyone that's text texting me can't keep up with them. Like I actually have, like, I have a time every time on my calendar. So I try to break up my calendar. Let me pull back every week. I yeah. try to process, okay, what's it going to look like? What are my quarterly goals? What am I aiming for? What am I wanting to achieve? How am I going to make myself better as a person, as a leader, as a father, 
as a husband and then like, okay, for the organization, how can we move forward? And so I got some goals set out and then my quarterly goals or my yearly goals go to my quarterly goals that go to my weekly goals. So then I kind of map it out. So I got like our blocks that kind of go to that, that feed towards those goals. Is that kind of your, like the organization side yeah. thing is your least favorite? Cause I'm not good at it. So I have to listen to podcasts. Amen. I have to, I have, Siri has to tell me, my assistant has to tell me, my wife has to tell me. I have three people telling me <laughs> what I have to do. Accountability buddies. Account- accountability buddies. <laughs> and so, yeah. So I have to like walk through that. Yeah. So my least favorite is the administrative part and like keeping up with my messages. I love that people are reaching out, but like, emails are like so draining for me it's like administratively working through like i have a team that works through the budgeting stuff and organization make sure we walk in integrity and and we're walking well with funds and finances and all that other jazz there'll be probably be another person for like the building thing because i'm not a building guy i will i will cast vision for that mug but i'm you i you don't want me running have you you not stepped on top of the roof and started nailing anything in i have yet to do that i have yet to do that i'm i'm a good helper like if you if you're laying down flooring i will help you lay down flooring yeah if you're filming i will help you set up you know because so like my i have a speaking of side gigs i still do like a little djing mc side gig so we talk about jose alvarez yeah so for weddings he djs for weddings and i'll mc them so I could see it. I could see it. Like, oh, yeah. everybody. So I'm just <laughs> out there. So, but like, I'm like, I can wrap cables, right? I can yeah. unload and load a, you know, deal. And so it's just things like that, that I'm like, anything administrative heavy is like hard for me, but there's a lot of studying involved and there's a lot of process involved because what I didn't mention with the craziness of my life is that I'm going to seminary right now as well. Yeah. So I have a church, I'm going to seminary and I'm a chaplain. So my life is just... No, is there is that something, is there something required? So this is the caveat. There's nothing required for this. I was asked, "Hey, Paul, what does it look like? What would help the church out in the future?" I said, "Well, if I'm going to do this long term, which I didn't know I was going to do long term, yeah, but sound. I mean, when you start a church, you it's kind of like, like looking at the what ifs of yeah. like what possible routes could what happen. Possible routes. So the the church starting or the church planting was like, you're doing this, bro. Okay. So if I'm doing this, then." I need to learn more. And so I got hooked up with somebody called Grimkey Seminary in Richmond, Virginia, and I do online classes and I show up for intensives. Yeah. So they give me tons of reading that I can barely keep up with. And yeah, so I rock that out. So I, my schedule involves church stuff, seminary stuff, and then chaplaincy stuff. And then husband, Get you know, MC. Guest bartender, guest bartender, guest yeah. whatever, <laughs> guest whatever. Yeah. You know, so, it's all over the place. What's, on the opposite, like, what is your favorite thing? Like, when, Ooh. what, what, you know, what's brings the big, biggest joy to your life? Like, this single thing yeah. right here, having conversations and meeting people, whether it's at your coffee shop or if I'm at Global, like, those conversations light me up. I, I enjoy preaching on Sundays. That's fun. I enjoy trips. So, those trips are actually very, that sounds really taxing for people, but I love adventure. Like, if we go travel somewhere and we have like three things in our book bag, that's yeah. fun for me. Let, <laughs> let's figure this out in, yeah. a, in a foreign language, you know? And they don't need more Portuguese now. Yeah, I know. Oi, what's this? Hi. <laughs> Como vai você? How are you? Colia Sansa, excuse me. Que hora son? is uh time but that's all i got and then like i'm i'm innocent please let me go please nothing like that i should probably work on that next time i should probably work on that church like any of those phrases i'm a christian i should probably learn jesus loves you in portuguese that'd be great that'd be a good one so but but yeah so i enjoy that and for fun i like to work out so i think that's my really big joy is like 
just being with people. I think that is that is what brings me joy. Awesome. Ah, so. Very cool. Well, Paul, I appreciate you so much coming sitting down. Yes, sir. At the end of this, as we're wrapping up, anything you want to shout out? Like you oh, got, yeah, the you shout got out. five minutes, you know. Cool. All let, right. Let's shout it out for Shout everybody. it out. Shout out. Living Hope Church, sharelivinghope.com or Living Hope il uh, on instagram and then you can come check us out every sunday at 9 a.m we also have a midweek gathering you can check us out we have wednesday and a thursday midweek gathering man we're just breaking bread eating hanging out sorry what's cool about this group Mm -hmm. is that we got to host ukrainian refugees bro and provide free meals for them cool anyway wow we're moving on (laughs) we're moving on and so we got that and then you know i will shout out my seminary because for those that maybe are wanting to maybe get into the ministry i think getting training is Mm -hmm. awesome and so grimkey.org would be a shout out and then i don't know what else to shout out i think that's it anybody personally (laughs) i do i do want to shout out curtis gilbert jose alvarez and andrew healy i want to shout out those guys those guys have poured into me in some unimaginable ways that have led me to where I am. I'm sure there's a lot more. Yeah. Jake Coons. Thank you, Jake Coons. <laughs> Jeremy, let's say Jeremy, Jeremy again. Paul, you know he's what I mean? Get enough he attention. gets all the he doesn't need any more attention. He gets all the attention. I love Jeremy, man. He's awesome. So. Man, then and let's shout out Eric for a long story. Um, coffee, yeah. providing a safe place for us to drink coffee, hang out, have good conversations like yeah. this. Man, I love you, dude. I appreciate your hard work to to navigate that's why like i'm wondering in any of these podcasts have we actually had the opposite we We, probably need to enter we did did our first one did we did we we need an updated one because i think we need to break this down buddy we need the heart of the owner because like from schlafly to like where did the coffee thing come in and then from coffee to being an o'fallon market to o'fallon market to buying a building to buying a building to construction being being a manager anyway there's a lot of things so shout out to you Thanks for fighting Paul. through. But no, we will definitely be sure to link everything for you. Link, link. Yeah, whenever you pop this up, whether it's YouTube or any of the podcast channels that you're looking at, we will have links for all of your shout outs, yeah. everything that you need. If you want to find more out about Paul, best way to find Paul, you know, is to hunt him down at church or or Paul um, at underscore Fernandez. Yeah. That's that's on Instagram. And then we do we do have a podcast. Actually, oh. my wife and I have a podcast. So we break down the sermon. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that don't make the sermon. And so she kind of teases it apart. I talk and interject in the midst of that. And so and you can you could check us out. It's at Share Living Hope. So you could check that out on YouTube. Just type in Share Living Hope on YouTube and then you'll see our video podcast on there, which is produced by Jose Alvarez. So oh, very check cool. it out. Yeah. And of course, you can always find him roaming around the coffee shop you will always find me in the coffee shop the random guy that's always buying people coffee so yeah if you want coffee come talk to me yeah love to buy you coffee but no appreciate it paul and you know thanks for being on appreciate it bro thank you